0: Welcome back to the ESG Matters podcast. My name is Amat Gomis, and I'm your host. Today, we have Natish Singh, Environmental Officer at Sandok Austrial Shipyards. Sandok Shipyards is the largest shipyard in Southern Africa. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Amat. Thank you for having me.
0: So just to level set, can you discuss your path to ESG professionally? How did you get into this field? And A little bit of background on what you do with Sandok Shipyards?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually quite early on in my career. To describe my formal education, I graduated with an environmental science degree, majoring in geography and zoology. I was initially more interested in integrating environmental management with technology because I had a very analytical outlook. And I wanted to be able to make data oriented decisions for my employer when I started working at Sandok Allshore Shipyards, we were working on attaining an ISO 14001 certification. So I was able to actually implement that analytical approach in monitoring and measurement of our performance, but also develop a more high-level implementation and integration within policy writing. Currently, we're working to develop more interesting and innovative solutions with the energy market, as I think that's where demand exists.
0: Great. That's wonderful. And then just to sort of help people understand, can you go a little bit into what ISO uh, certifications mean, especially in what you were doing? Because I think some people may be unfamiliar with that term and, and the value that that brings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be worthwhile doing a little bit of research into ISO. But ISO is essentially the International Standardization Organization, and they have developed several frameworks as to how organizations can mitigate risk and essentially create a more efficient operation, as it were. So they have several different standards. At Sandor Gorshal Shipyards, we had been implementing the ISO 9001 standard, which is for the quality management system. And I think it must have been in 2020 when we worked on attaining ISO 45001, which would be our health and safety standard with ISO, as well as the ISO 14001. That would involve essentially writing policy and taking control of different risks that affect our organization at different levels. So it's a very, very robust framework in controlling risks for an operation.
0: So when we think about risk, and thank you for providing that level set on the various uh, versions of ISO and the value that it brings to our organization. When you talk about the risk associated that are maybe more germane to shipyards. Can you dive a little bit into that and just sort of discuss some of the unique challenges that maybe shipyard or shipping as an industry faces that, may, that some other industries may not need to deal with?
1: Yeah, of course. That's a great question. Shipbuilding and ship repair, which is largely what we do at Sandok Austral Shipyards, is a very unique industry as we are firstly at, a, at such an intimate interface with the environment. And you know, obviously I'm coming from that perspective. Without a healthy environment, it would be very, very difficult for us to conduct our operations. The maritime environment is also a shared one. So negative impacts can affect stakeholders' ability to conduct businesses, leisure, as well as affecting stakeholders' physical health. So we as shipyards do everything to safeguard that. And furthermore, we also need to be aware that with the drive of social media and citizen reporting, It's important for our organization to retain and protect our public image from controversies as well as that of our clients. Our particular industry has a very high energy demand associated with our ops, as well as a high waste generation component. We deal with a variety of stakeholders working both on land and working within the marine environment. And that in and of itself brings in different authorities and stakeholders. Lastly, and probably most importantly, we know that all of these aspects are interconnected. Our waste management practices not only affect our license to operate, but it also affects the immediate infrastructure and could expose us to risks like flooding. Our management of energy contributes to climate change and increasing our exposure to catastrophic climate events. So it's important that we control those risks.
0: When you think about the risk and you think about the stakeholders that you mentioned, one of the things that I... I'm very curious about is that I work in the US, so I understand the regulatory the frameworks that we have in place are the ones that we need to have in order for ESG as a concept to really permeate both the private and public sector and to really gain a lot more traction and, and movement forward. And I wonder, because you're based in South Africa, what are some unique challenges you're facing because of the location, the regulatory environment? Do you see that there's more or less that needs to happen on that front? to really help push some of the things that you've worked on in in your industry and the shipyard industry or in Sandok in particular, are there certain things that you think would really make your job easier if there is more or less sort of regulations around ESG components?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, Matt, I think anybody working in any particular territory will definitely say that there are unique challenges that they face and, and, unique hurdles to sort of get around. Whilst we serve an international market, our main operations are based in the port of Durban. It, at least in terms of enforcement, I I think that as a developing economy, there should definitely be a little bit more concentration on enforcement and protecting the environment. With, with South Africa still developing, there's a large emphasis put on the social economic development versus actually protecting the resources that we have. So from a personal perspective and a professional perspective, I think that those two things are interlinked. And if we are able to protect our maritime environment, we will be able to do business better. Some of the challenges that we experience often revolve around the area of infrastructure and service delivery as well. Essential services such as power and water delivery as well as sanitation services are critical to every business continuity and particularly to ours. Currently in South Africa, the demand for power has overshot the country's ability to supply the power or develop infrastructure to keep the lights on at all times. 90% of our electricity is coal-generated, which also contributes to climate change and an increased severity of uh, catastrophic disasters. Beyond our stakeholders and authorities, our business continuity is particularly sensitive to climate-related catastrophic disasters because of our intimate relationship with the environment, as I mentioned before. Waste management service delivery outside the walls of our business further aggravates a developing infrastructure while it's still at a phase of sensitivity, and that also makes us susceptible to numerous risks. We try to get involved wherever we can with our stakeholders through CSR initiatives, and stakeholder engagement beyond the reach of our immediate business. And obviously, because this affects our business, we, we really want to get involved there and make a positive difference where we can. But more importantly, I think we as an organization are exploring innovations internally to ensure that our business continuity isn't affected even when service delivery fails. One of the more exciting endeavors that we're undertaking is getting more involved with the energy market, as I mentioned before. And this will help us mitigate business continuity risks and reduce our footprint with regards to climate change and increasing energy costs. But it also gives us access to markets that would have otherwise been outside of our scope as a shipbuilding and ship repair
0: organization. So there's a lot of great things you said there I think we should unpack. One, I'm really surprised to hear that South Africa is, sort of focusing more on the the social and governance understandably so when you think about both the history and the developing nature of the economy whereas in the u.s and in a lot of other countries in the west it is almost entirely focused on the environmental side where you have that's where we have a lot of science-based targets sometimes we're, we're arguing about in the u.s should we have a price of carbon And how will that creating that market and that marketplace for trading carbon and carbon credits, what would that look like and how that would help push things in one way or the other. But similarly to South Africa, we also are facing a huge issue with our infrastructure. We have an older aging infrastructure where so much of it was built at the last turn of the century. And. A lot of it is just falling apart so that you think about that from a business continuity standpoint, as you mentioned, while we have a different sort of cause than South Africa does, the effects is still the same where it can be a big drain both on the national GDP that's created because of this, because or taken away from because of this lack of infrastructure. And then also you think about the energy and the resources that will have to be put in for corporations and even small businesses to mitigate that, that increases the cost and that decreases a lot of the ability for people who are low to moderate income to take advantage and to work in a lot of these industries. So I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up about how Sandok is both balancing the social needs, the governance needs, as well as making sure that there is an opportunity to from a business continuity standpoint shore up its resources so that there's the, so that you are not missing out or decreasing the level of service based on things that oftentimes businesses think are out of their control and Natish, you also brought up innovations to secure business risk and to reduce them and you talk about how that has opened your eyes and your business's eyes to opportunities to both reduce your exposure, but also open new markets and open you up to new ideas that previously you never would have thought of. And I think that's one of the beauties about working in ESG is that there are all these linkages and opportunities that are created once you start to tackle a problem and think about it in a way that how, what what is a solution that we can create? And then sometimes there's new products, new services, new businesses that are spun up out of that. So I'm just curious if you could go into a little bit more detail into what has that process looked like from your vantage point, And if there's one or two examples that you've seen that have been really interesting that the shipyards that you've sort of managed and worked through have, have started to do and implement.
1: Yeah, there's quite a volume of, of value that we we're just discussing there. And firstly, I'd like to just sort of address the social economic dynamic of it. Being a millennial, I I think I'm pretty proud to be part of a generation that would really like to see a difference. And I feel that the market is responding in a positive way. And so do our businesses. And this is something that's so great about ESG is one of our missions at Sandow Whirlshall Shipyards is that we're in business for the greater good. And we want to create value for South Africa and, and grow the economy as well as doing really great business we essentially want to build the African maritime legacy. And getting involved with the social dynamic, training young individuals and like myself, coming in as an intern and seeing all of these great opportunities, having the opportunity to make a difference is very important. So I'm very grateful for what Shipyards has done for me, just in terms of my training and development. Secondly, looking at the market and opening other doors, I I think that it's important that businesses take the perspective that we need to create value within society and understanding that we have the innovation and tools to actually do that for other businesses is something that gives us power within the market. Given the current socioeconomic market as well as the environmental state of the world, there are many new demands growing. We're also seeing financial and regulatory sectors really drive towards supporting more sustainable organizations and this drive will only increase as it relates to obtaining finance licenses to operate as well as the cost of operation i think that it is important for all businesses to safeguard their license to operate as well as their ability to operate and start looking at responsible ways of doing business we are also seeing how commodity scarcity it's causing very a very volatile market system. But any good business person can tell you that wherever a problem exists, there is also simultaneously the opportunity to meet a need. And that is where that opportunity comes from. So within the case of Sandok Coastal Shipyards, most of our operations currently revolve around manufacturing, maintenance, repair, and overall, our ability to create internal solutions and innovation has opened the doors to, to the energy market. And what we have done is we have started looking at ways to manufacture our own backup power supply. And within our organization, we've also looked into the feasibility of renewable energy resources, such as solar power, so that we aren't as dependent on the grid, as it were. And through that exercise, we are now tailoring products to other large industries. I think traditionally, the perspective has been that, sure, maybe solar might be great for a coffee shop, or maybe a small to medium enterprise. But maybe not so much large industry and we're starting to find that as technology advances we can create products that serve large industries this will help stimulate the economy as well as reducing climate change i think those are two really great missions to pursue
0: i I couldn't agree with you more and i think that's so important for people in this field to understand that when you work in a large organization in particular there are those opportunities to address this problem that you're facing. And then that could also create business opportunities for the future. And then you also think about yourself. Like you said, you're a millennial. There's so many people who are in your generation and younger who are coming into the workforce and they need both the training, but they also want to work someplace where they understand the mission of the organization from an ESG standpoint. And that is a big determining factor. You know, Because ESG for many people really is not necessarily something nice to have, but it needs to be integral into how a business operates because it's speaking to the longevity. Because what you just described is a business looking, addressing their own issues, becoming more secure, the business continuity. And then how can they then extend that to both to their clients that they currently have and to open new markets, which means there's new opportunities and the business grows and thrives, which is a place where people want to have their career grow and thrive as well. So I think that's a really interesting point that you brought up. And thank you for sharing that, those examples for people to, to see, and maybe they can take that as a lesson learned and see how they can implement those similar strategies in their own organization. And then when you think more generally, you know, sort of looking. At ESG, specifically in South Africa, at a higher level. Are you seeing any emerging trends or a demand from consumers that is starting to shift the industry and your industry in one way or the other?
1: Really great question there. Given the current economic climate, um, as, as well as some of the challenges that we are facing as a developing nation, we're, we're at a critical point in history, I think, that the last Three years or so will really go down in the history books from a political perspective, from a public health perspective, from an energy perspective, a geographical perspective. There's so many things that have started happening within the last sort of decade that have really driven the demand for ESG. And again, speaking from the perspective of a developing nation, I think A lot of these effects have really been amplified within South Africa. So, like I mentioned earlier, the need for service delivery is paramount. I I don't think anybody has come out from the COVID-19 pandemic untouched or unscathed. And it, it has made business continuity very, very difficult. And with failing service delivery, it further worsens the situation, not to necessarily be negative, but... I I do think that the need for energy is at an all-time high. The, the need for clean energy and reliable energy is at an all-time high. The world is becoming more and more digital. We can't do that without energy. So from, from our perspective, especially within the service delivery space, seeing energy services promulgated as well as essential waste disposal services being promulgated things like recycling and reuse and upcycling and essential services. When it comes to water, we we take it for granted. In my perspective, water is the most precious mineral on the face of the planet and without it, no life could happen. And water holds so many important properties from a public health perspective. Yeah. So it becomes even more critical that those essential services are delivered efficiently both from a public perspective and a business continuity perspective. So from South Africans, we as businesses, we're really looking to almost get off the griddle a bit to ensure that we can still grow the economy and we can still drive the South African economic market forward.
0: Thank you for that. And then thinking about the future of Sandoc Austrial shipyards, are there any sort of new or interesting things that you can share with us that you all have on the horizon?
1: Well, I definitely see more ships sailing over horizon. Excuse the pun. But yeah, our core business is a marine vessels manufacturer and a marine vessels ship repair organization. We do maintenance overall and repair. I think what is exciting is with us attaining the ISO certifications and and being affiliated with those with those frameworks we can do things in a very very responsible manner and that obviously attracts other clients yeah. We're looking at scope 3 emissions and and looking at the supply chain of of a client they they really want to show customers that they're making responsible decisions in that regard so we also carry that burden and secondly talking about The delivery of energy to other clients and other industrial complexes that are doing heavy industrial work, I think that's a very, very exciting opportunity that we are also really pushing forward to. I'm super excited about how we are going to change the face of the energy field in South Africa and how we can create more reliable, renewable energy resources and do it in a clean way that's really going to make both the economy and the environment
0: better. Well, Natish, thank you so much for being a guest on the ESG Matters podcast. I know I learned a lot both about the shipping industry, Austrial shipyards, Sandock Austrial shipyards, as well as uh, South Africa and the landscape there. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to the ESG Matters podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to the ESG Matters podcast. On your choice of podcast platforms. This podcast is brought to you by Amat Gumis and theme music by Dexter Thomas.